Today is Palm Sunday. And uh, why do they call it Palm Sunday? Well, we're going to find out uh, if you don't already know. I'm going to talk about what we've been singing about, Hosanna. Hosanna. It's a word that maybe we don't use all that often in our normal dialect. I mean, I mean, you know, you go up to your coworker and say, Hosanna, buddy! Um, they probably wonder, what are you talking about? Um, Luke chapter 19 is where I'm going to read from this morning. Luke chapter 19. I was just glancing at my watch. You know what it means when a preacher looks at his watch? It means absolutely nothing. Um, but I did notice, I haven't worn this watch in, in, a, in some time, and I put it on this morning and didn't realize until I got to church that I hadn't sprung it forward yet. And so I thought, man, I got another hour. Um, Luke chapter 19, verse 29, as he, talking about Jesus, approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden ridden, and tie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks in the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices Amen. for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I'm going to look at Matthew's account of this same story in Matthew chapter 21, verse number 1. Matthew 21, 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a colt by her. And tie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while, the, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred 
and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. In verse 9, they said, Hosanna to the son of David. Palm Sunday represents the beginning of Passion Week, which is the week leading up to the most powerful event in all of human history, which was the crucifixion and the resurrection, which we celebrate on Easter Sunday. I want to look back in the account of Luke. In verses 30 and 31, Jesus told his two disciples to go get a colt, the foal of a donkey. Really nothing unusual about that, except he told them specifics. He showed his omniscience and his all-knowing that he knew where the donkey was. He knew it had never been ridden. He knew what to have his disciples to say about anyone, about anyone who asked, Why are you doing this? He said, The Lord needs it. Tell him the Lord needs it. And in verse 32, they found it just like Jesus said. And somebody said in verse 33, Why are you untying the colt? I mean, in, in our lingo today, it's like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. What do you think you're doing? I mean, if you could imagine if it were today and somebody, somebody comes up and, and uh, finds your extra key and says, hey, you know, I'm getting in your car and I'm driving it off. And you're like, what do you think you're doing? Well, the Lord needs it. I don't think so. You're going to be in jail, buddy. No, you're not taking my donkey. But he said the Lord needs it. There was something in that response that let the owners of this donkey know that there was a higher purpose than just this donkey sitting there being tied up. These disciples that had gone on this mission, they knew the miracles that Jesus had performed. And this really was just icing on the cake, so to speak. They had to know in their hearts that Jesus was the Messiah. No doubt about it. No one could speak as consistently as he did, be as right as he was, perform the miracles that he performed, unless he was the Messiah. This event was arranged was this, this event that Jesus arranged was direct fulfillment, and it talked about it in the passage we just read from Zechariah 9, 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Righteous and having salvation. In verse 35 of our text, Jesus rode the donkey and the multitude began to spread their cloaks out and their garments, and their garments out on the road. This was a, 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 a sign of respect and honor that they gave. They put it in what's, what would be called the king's way, which was an act of respect and expectancy. And according to John 12, 12, they took palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna! Shouting Hosanna. I believe that this praise should still be on our lips today. We say Hosanna to the King of Kings. Hosanna to Christ, our Lord, Savior, and King. 
Hosanna is a Hebrew expression which means to save. It means save. Later it became an expression of praise. But what the people were really shouting was save now. Save now. Not some other time, but to save now. We really think of the donkey as a lowly animal. And, you know, you're thinking, you may be thinking, a donkey? Really? I mean, if he's a king, why couldn't he come with this like, white stallion or something like that? Well, that's coming. Yes. Amen. Um, Amen. But to the Jews, the donkey was a beast that was fit for a king. And you see that in King David's era in, in 1 Kings chapter 1, how he talked about having his son to ride his own donkey to come into uh, the acknowledgement that his son, he was passing the baton on. David was at the end of his life and he was passing on the kingship to his son. Jesus rolled the colt of a donkey and the fact that the colt had never been ridden and yet submitted to Jesus indicates the Lord's sovereignty. I mean, can you imagine? How many ever seen those uh, westerns where, you know, they get on the bucking bronco and he's going to sit on a donkey that's never been ridden. Now, if you've ever been around animals, you know that if you try to get them to do something that they've never done, especially a donkey, because donkeys are known for being what? Stubborn. Yeah. They're known for being stubborn. You want them to do something and you try to get them to do it, but if they have their mind made up that they're going to do something else, you're just out of luck. Unless you know how to coax them and tempt them. But this didn't happen because Jesus had authority. The laying of garments and, and animals uh, 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 on the animals and the road, waving the palm branches were all a part of the tradition of Jewish reception for royalty. They were recognizing the royalty of Jesus. They shouted Hosanna in verse 38. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Which is from Psalm 118, 25 and 26. Psalm 18, 25, 26 says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The crowd believed that the Messiah would restore Israel nationally and rule the nations politically. I think it's very important that we understand this. They were under oppression. And in many, sen in many minds, they weren't quite as oppressed as they were when they were in Egypt working as slaves, but they were oppressed as a nation, they couldn't govern themselves. They couldn't make their own decisions. They, they had to be subject to the Roman rule of the day. And what they expected was a king that would come and deliver them from that political situation and that political rule. They failed to understand the true purpose that Jesus expressed in his, regard, in his coming to the world. But it's not a political kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom. Because while being, in a way, imprisoned under a political regime, it was no comparison to being imprisoned on the inside in a spiritual sense. And that message rings truer today than it ever has. The angel Gabriel told Mary in Luke 1 and 31, 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Will never end. Never is a long time. It's a long time. The angel told the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verse number 10, he said, uh, he said uh, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that, was, that will cause great joy, everybody say joy. joy, joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He is the Messiah, which means the anointed one. He is the one who has come that God has sent and his kingdom will never end and he will be the Savior. Later during Passion Week, the crowds would not cry out Hosanna, but they would cry out, crucify him. when they saw really that he was not the Messiah that they expected him to be. They'd have been all behind him if he had been the Messiah that would have delivered them from persecution. There is a far more important thing that we must all recognize than any hardship or tribulation. I will not stand here today and tell you that your problems will be solved if you just turn to Jesus. If you just accept Him. And many people have done that. Many people have said, well, I will accept Jesus if He will help me get out of a situation. I will, I will turn my life to Jesus and I'll, I'll leave those other things if only, may I tell you that the condition is not ours to make, but the condition has already been made, and it's been made in the Word of God. And the condition is not for God, but the condition is for us. God will never meet our terms. His terms are already laid out in the Bible. We have to decide and choose to follow His terms, His Word, and then He will absolutely do exactly what His Word says. Amen. So we don't say, God, you get me out of this situation and, and I'll serve you. Because then what happens is, well, I tried that serving God thing. I tried to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, but my situation just didn't get any better. And I tried Jesus, and I'm not going to try Him again because He didn't come through for me. May I tell you that He has already come through for you. He has already done everything that He's going to do for you in your life. He's already done everything that you need Him to do. And trying Jesus is not something that you really need to do in the sense of a trial run. 
We live in a society today that they think they want to try this and they want to try that and they move quickly from one thing to another. Well, I'll try this this husband or this wife out and if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to go and I'm going to do something else. I'm going to try this job out and if it doesn't work, I'm going to do something else. Well, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to try that out. And while it may not really make a bit of difference in something that is not important, like, well, I'm going to try this restaurant and if it doesn't work, out, I'm just not going to go back there. That's okay to do. It has no eternal significance. But there is absolute eternal significance in our relationship with the Savior of the world who we've already seen from Scripture was declared to be the Messiah, the Anointed One, the One that comes to set us free. Now what has He promised that He would do? He didn't say He would promise and make your life just all roses. Folks, there are people that are serving Jesus that are imprisoned and being tortured for their faith. They are physically in peril, in harm's way. And we have the audacity in our culture to say, well, I'll try Jesus and if He doesn't change this little thing in my life, I'm just going to be through with Him. It won't work. But may I tell you, Pastor, you're preaching really rough this morning. I just got to say what I think he wants me to say. But may I tell you that when you say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life because I can't do this on my own. And you know you can't. If you could solve all of life's problems, you could probably be very rich. But you can't solve life's problems. You may not even be able to solve your own problems. God is a problem solver. I'm not going to stand here and say he's going to take your situation and make it go away. Because he may not. But what he will do is he will give you grace. And he will give you strength. And he will give you peace. I remember when Annette and I got married and uh, we, had, we had a small insurance policy that we felt like we needed to have. We didn't have very much money. I mean, we really didn't. And uh, we drove used cars. We worked at jobs that were not much above minimum wage. But I remember we had a bill that we were going to have trouble paying and it bothered me. It really bothered me. And I, I came home from work one day. I, I got off earlier in the day and we got that bill in the mail and I'm thinking, you know, I don't think we can pay this. And I just laid across the bed and I just began to pray. How many know that prayer is a great thing to do? And when I got up from praying, can I tell you, that bill was still owed. God didn't send money to that creditor and say, ah, it's been satisfied because he prayed. But what he did was something that was far greater he gave me a peace about the situation and he made me realize 
that this is not as important as my relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're going through a difficult time right now. You know, through the years, we've had different struggles that we've gone through. Some of them financial struggles. And I can remember, I, I, I have no idea who may need to hear this right now, but it just it comes to my mind. But I remember about 20 years ago, and we were going through a really, really tough time financially. And uh, 2001, you know what happened in 9-11, and the economy went down, my income went down, it seemed like my, our bills went up, mm -hmm. and um, I've shared this before, and I, uh, I actually was in the middle of preaching a revival. I wasn't pastoring at the time, and I was, I was in the middle of preaching a revival, and we were having trouble paying our bills. I mean, that's just the way it was. In the middle of this revival, our home phone was disconnected because we couldn't pay our bill. Now you're talking about God's man of faith and power coming up to deliver the word of God to the people who need to hear it. And I'm standing up here thinking, and the devil's like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Look at you, trying to be faith and trying to be God's man and, and, and you can't even handle your own stuff. But God was faithful. I never will forget this. And this touched me deeply. Um, at the close of that revival, the church there, historically, I think it's called a pounding. They gave us a pounding, which I'd never heard that term, but I heard it from Pastor Bill. <clears throat> and they brought groceries on the Friday night that we closed that revival this church of probably about 20 or 25 people brought us more groceries than we'd ever had I think at one time and we didn't have a freezer it filled our trunk and you know we used to go to the store and we would buy a few sacks worth of stuff you know and bring it home but this was probably two or three trips worth of groceries. And we had trouble finding places to put it all. And it touched me immensely. And I cried. And it still touches me today to see God respond to the needs of his people. I think probably that's touched me deeper than many things that have involving any kind of abundance or blessing in a financial way. That touched me more deeply, I think. We were youth pastors at Prattwood Assembly for about four and a half years. Pastor Bookout married us. We were his first wedding at Prattwood 34 years ago. And it came full circle because we went we went back to the church and we served as youth pastors and we were going through a really tough time and what they did at the close of their services was they asked people who might need to come up for prayer 
and when they come up for prayer, um, they we would usually have the 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 pastors, the associate pastors, the youth pastors would stand up, and people would come and they would pray with them individually. And we went up and talked to our pastor, and we asked for prayer. And uh, I never will forget this. He put his hand on my shoulder, and, and no one knew what we were going through. We told, we shared it with the pastor, but no one else really knew. Pastor put his hand on my shoulder, and he prayed, "God, help him to realize that his job is not his source." that you are his source. And it just really helped me greatly and just ministered to me. He is the Messiah. We need to remember to say, Hosanna. The people that do not have a relationship with Jesus need to shout Hosanna or save now because they need him to save them from their sins. So they will escape the penalty of death that, can, that sin can only bring, which is eternity without God. So we don't look toward Jesus to relieve us of temporary situations and circumstances that are beyond our control, but we look to him to save us from the penalty of death, which we will all face without God. As Christians, we need to shout Hosanna or save now as a reminder to praise Him because of our relationship with Jesus. We need His, His guidance and we need to continue to walk in the salvation that He's already provided to us. In verse 39, the Pharisees, the teachers of the religious law, were so upset by this that this praise was going on. I really think they were jealous. And, and they told Jesus, make them stop doing what they're doing. I really think it made them feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable because they were con convicted of their own rejection of the Messiah. They knew who he was and they were jealous of losing their influence over the people. But let me tell you this, no church, no organization, no group of people will ever have the ability to, to be a substitute for the saving power of Jesus Christ. When we cry out to Him from our heart, Hosanna, we, ex we, we accept the relationship with Him, worshiping Him for the King that He is and saying that His influence over our life is more important than the influence of anything else in our world. In verse 40, Jesus told them, He said, If they keep quiet, then the rocks will cry out in praise. And I have news for you that as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will not let a rock cry out in my place. I'm going to shout, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Lord, I praise you. I worship you for who you are. Amen. No demon or devil of hell can stop me from praising my Lord and my Savior and my soon coming King. No one living on the face of this earth can stop me from crying out to the God of my salvation through Jesus Christ because He is the only way to God. I want to continue reading as we get ready to close this message out today in Luke chapter 19, continuing on to verse number 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept, wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. 
The days will come upon you when you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. See, Jesus showed compassion on Jerusalem, but he also foretold of the days that would come when it would lie in ruins. Jesus rejected Jerusalem because Jerusalem rejected him. He wept over the city because its people did not understand the significance of what was going on. That national acceptance of him on that day would bring them peace. Because the people did not recognize the time of God's coming to them, the city would be totally destroyed by Roman soldiers starting in A.D. 20, excuse me, A.D. 70. Jesus still shows compassion for everyone, even those who choose to reject him. We live in a world that by and large have not recognized God's coming to them. They have not recognized Jesus Christ. Without God is a sad place to be. Without God is a lonely place to be. Without God, it's a restless place to be. And without God, it's a lost place to be. If only people would recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior, they would find that the sad, lonely, restless, and lost state that they have been enduring would be replaced by the peace that only Jesus can bring because He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Hosanna or save now is the desperate cry that still needs to be shouted from every heart. We must make sure that we accept everything that the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has provided and continues to give us because of his great love for us. The scripture says that he has lavished on us this love. Whether it's trusting him for the first time for our salvation or rededication to him because we may not be as close to God as we really should be as we renew our faith and, and or, or as we renew our faith and we continue to serve him in our walk as we live for him. He will deliver. He will comfort. He will heal. He will set free. He will provide everything that we need. Hosanna to the King of Kings. Hosanna. Save, Lord. Save us from this world. And there's coming a day when, he, when the Bible says that the trumpet of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another or encourage one another with these words from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It is a comfort to know that he's coming back. He's coming back for his church. There's a scripture that also says that when he comes... For the second time, every eye will see him. Talking about not the rapture, but the second coming of the Lord. And he will be riding a white horse and we will be coming with him. He won't be a baby in a manger. He won't be someone who has been unseen for a long time that just shows up because he makes his presence known through his people here. 
Jesus is coming back. We must be ready and look for him. Hosanna to the King of Kings. Can you let your hearts rejoice? Can you turn your hearts toward him? Close with just a little story, narrative. My grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher, priest at least, I think, for 35 years before he went to be with the Lord. And uh, he asked the congregation one time, he said, how many of you are as close to the Lord as you want to be? And no one raised their hands. And, of course, most people think, well, no, I, I wouldn't raise my hand because I feel like I want to be closer to the Lord, so I'm not going to raise my hand. And my grandfather said, everyone should have raised their hands because we really are as close to the Lord as we want to be. In a whole different light, we're as close to him as we want to be. And he says, come closer, come closer. He's ready to be close to us and to meet every need. Father, we thank you today for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in each and every life. Thank you for reminding us of who you are and reminding us that our lives must be an extension of the praise of those people on that day that cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord because we know that you're coming again. We know that your coming is very soon and we know that we must be about the Father's business. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and we give you glory today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.